This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. One of my all-time favorite places to fly fish is the mouth of the Bear Trap Canyon on Montana's Madison River. It's about 30 miles west of Bozeman. Dave and I have had some great days on that stretch of river, and we're going to tell you about one of those great days, an April day about a decade ago. Dave, as you think about that day that we spent on the Bear Trap, what's your first memory of the day? The first memory is waking up in the well, actually, it's the guest bedroom of the Robinsons in in Belgrade, Montana. Is it yeah, Belgrade, Montana? Yep, yep. Right. So the Robinsons are friends of Steve, and they attended the church that Steve was a pastor uh, and at. Now, and now they're friends of yours as well. And now they're yeah. friends of mine. Yeah, I'm yeah. very, very grateful. And Brandon Tracy Robinson, they're just great folks. And But I remember waking up uh, that day and, and, and looking outside and thinking, man, it's going to be cold fishing. But uh, but <laughs> yeah. what I one of the you know one of the great memories is just waking up in that guest bedroom you know in the upper uh, the second floor of the Robinsons' house. They're uh, they're between kind of Belgrade and Manhattan, just north, just south of some of the uh, uh, just some really gorgeous country, and and they're out in the country, and yeah, Brand loves to hunt and fish, and uh, yeah, we we just had a great time. Good accommodations, that's for sure. Well, the second memory for me is always, you know, after I have coffee at the Robinsons, I'm always searching for more coffee. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, it took a while for Starbucks to make its way to Montana. Yeah. I don't know if they... if You Mont- know what? There's finally a Starbucks now in Bozeman, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. they're all these small coffee kiosks yeah. that just, like, mm-hmm. spring up in the middle of parking lots. You know, when we moved here to the, the suburbs and north suburbs of Chicago, that was something that... Um, boy, my wife really missed. It was a hard adjustment. Man, where where do you get coffee? Where are the kiosks? Oh yeah, there's a Starbucks on every corner, but kind of miss those little coffee huts. Yeah, yeah, and you, of course, you don't drink coffee, but for me, if I don't get about nine cups, we can't go fishing. That's right. Yeah, I, I should say that. I I must have a mutant gene because I I don't like coffee. I've tried to like it, but. Uh, my family likes it. My my wife, some of my kids, although a couple of them don't, and, and even one or two of my grandkids, they like coffee, but I, <laughs> I don't. So I'll usually get a hot chocolate, or yeah. I'll just stick with water and pretend the other like thing, I'm really being healthy. Which yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not. yeah. No, exactly. You get more calories than I do in a cup of coffee. That's right. But I, the other thing would be the drive, right? So go to four. Yeah. We have to drive to Four Corners. Drive south of the of manhattan down to four corners and then go west and i remember that day it was cloudy um it was around 35 degrees uh when we walked in and and i remember thinking you know do i have enough clothes yeah and yeah really one of those days where if you live there you'd say nah i'm gonna wait for a warmer day but like well we're we're here we're here yeah this exactly. is our four-day window to fish so we are going to fish that's yeah, right exactly yep. day. well i remember the walk into the river we we parked at the warm springs access and it's just to me it's just an incredible walk it's it's really easy it's on a trail uh, you you actually do enter the Lee Metcalf Wilderness area after about a third of a mile, but it, it's an easy jaunt along this river. But you're you're just entering the mouth of this canyon, so it's kind of like you're in this 
this huge amphitheater. And I remember the, the parking lot was empty. There, maybe there were one or two drift boat trailers because some people will put in there, they'll, they'll float Warm Springs to uh, Black's Ford. Uh, that's a popular float. But, uh, you know, otherwise you, you go up and you, you're hiking and, uh, man, you, you just see this, uh, this gorgeous country and the, the, the river. Uh, yeah, you kind of commented, I think, on the river, didn't you, that day? The color at this time of year, it's, 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 it's a dark blue. It's not blue-green like you can get in the summertime, but like a dark blue ribbon. It's hard to explain it. It's, it's, it's not quite black. But it's really dark, it, and, and you know when you cross that bridge, mm-hmm. you know right before you get yeah. to Warm Springs, yep. the way it, way it winds down through the canyon there and comes out of the canyon there and then starts to wind north. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's I don't know the color just seemed it just struck me that day yeah. uh, of how dark and midnight blue it is. There I, and the other thing is when when we cross that bridge, that evokes uh, the story that you told about you were. I think you and Luke were out there, and did you kill the rattlesnake, or somebody else killed the rattlesnake the summer before? Or oh yeah, actually, yeah. What what was the story about that? uh, Actually, Luke did. We were we were out trap shooting just about a mile or so from. Well, you know where we crossed that bridge. Um, We we turned off on a dirt road and and went up to a place, and we were uh, we were just shooting trap, you know, shooting clay pigeons with a group of friends and. uh, uh, there was a yeah we almost walked over a rattlesnake and you usually don't like to kill those uh, you know I have great respect for rattlesnakes and they they do a lot of good I think some people overreact but there were so many of them it was a uh, it was right along this roadway too where there were there were actually kids who were inner tubing and so my son went ahead and you know he was like ten no he was eleven eleven I think or twelve uh, eleven at the time and he. You know, this little 20 gauge shotgun and he shot the, the, shot the rattler. Yeah. I remember that something else interesting Dave is right across the road from that Warm Springs parking area just just on the hills on the on the north side of the road uh, is the is the place where Johnny France the sheriff of Madison County uh, captured the two mountain men Don and Dan Nichols remember back in the 80s they had uh, kidnapped uh, an Olympic biathlete, Kerry Swenson, who was training. Oh, I do remember uh, that yeah, story. Up near Big Sky, Olery's Lake, and uh, they, uh, yeah, anyway. I kind of forgot what happened. Yeah, they, they captured her. This was in the spring, and spring or early summer, and a couple days later, they, they kind of had a showdown. They caught up with them, and and the, the younger guy, uh, uh, let's see, Dan Nichols had... had Was that acc- the son? The son. He accidentally shot her with a twenty two, and she she survived, and uh, she's a vet now in the Bozeman area, but uh, but the, the the dad, Don, who was kind of a hostile, belligerent guy, he, he shot one of the search rescue people. And then those guys took off, and, and the rescue crew is, you know, they're, they're just trying to take care of Carrie Swenson, who survived, and then the one guy who died. So... Anyway, those guys escape, and they didn't capture them until, I think it was in December of that year. I think it was 84. And, so how uh, long were they on the run? Yeah, it was like, Eight what, months? six months? Six yeah, months, something, yeah. Something like that. I have to go back and look at it. But, uh, yeah, somebody finally, uh, 
um, you know, spotted them up on one of those bluffs up above, uh, you know, right where we started our hike. And, uh, yeah, Johnny France drove over there and got up there in a snowmobile. And, and what was their motivation them. for taking the biathlete? Oh, you know, the, the older guy wanted to uh, take her for a wife for his, uh, what? For his younger son. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. You know, he just decided they were going to live off the land. And, Boy, that's old school right oh, there. Yeah, oh, it really my gosh. is. In fact, you know, when, when we leave, when we left Robinson's and we were driving on one of those roads, uh, uh, just a couple miles in their place, Johnny Francis' sister uh, used to live. I don't know if she still does. No, no, no. Dan, Don Nichols, sorry, Don, the, the father, I think her sister lived uh, uh, right there near Manhattan as well. But anyway, so yeah, you, you got all that history kind of swirling around in our heads as we pull into the parking lot. Uh, and then we got our waders on and we, we took off. Well, what do you remember about the hike in? Well, one of the things to get into the Lee Metcalf Wilderness, about a third of the way down the trail, you enter this gate and then you're in the wilderness, and then you continue to walk on that trail. You can go quite a ways up river. Yeah. The trail mm-hmm. starts to peter out after a while. Yeah. Like a mile or two up river. Right. It's not um, as at some point. Yeah, as it's it not as pronounced. Been, but. but we we go up a ways until we we found this run. Now this is where we fished. Was the run that you found. Uh, the one day that you had decided to go out fishing when all the other options were right, too busy yeah. with fly fishers. So I don't know, how long before had you found that run? Was it a couple years? You know, I found that in, in 2003. It's crazy. I, I remember the date, March 31st of 2003. And I remember the March 31st. It was the last day of March, and it was a 60-degree day in Montana. So, yeah, think about it. So we're there in a mid-April day, and it's it's in the 30s. But I, had, I found it on a 60-degree day, and I remember it was 2003 because my dad had died the, uh, the fall before. And so I don't know why. It just kind of, as, as I was getting outdoors that year, I just had so many memories of him. So, yeah, that's, that's what it was. So uh, I, the one thing I do remember is, you know, once we got to the run was the weather. There was wind. You know, that wind comes around. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where we fish, you're looking up into the canyon, yeah. and the wind comes around to that canyon. Yeah, there's canyon. kind of a turn, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's a turn in the canyon. Yeah. The wind comes around there, and you oh, get some man. serious gusts. Oh, you do. Um, we've been there when it snowed, right, this time yeah. of year. Mm-hmm. Or not this time of year, but meaning the April day that we were there. Where, That's right. Um, mm-hmm. But the wind is just uh, just brutal if you fly fish with oh, wind, right? I know. And, it was. Um, I think there were times during the day where it calmed down, but there were times where we would have some gusts, and then you'd have to wait. and Yeah, kind of cast between the gusts. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I remember the run itself was uh, that, that stretch of river, and maybe that's why like, you described it as kind of a dark blue sort of a, a color, an off color, because that that the, the Madison there, it's really a tailwater. It's coming out of the, uh, coming out of Ennis Lake, out of that dam, and so it's... It's slightly off color, and I think it's because the wind whips up the, you know, the, the lake, and then even even though it, you know, when it, when it empties out, you'd think, yeah, usually out of a dam, the water's pretty clear, but I don't know. How far up from where we fish is in a oh, lake? Man, I'm not sure. It's not all that far. Six miles? Yeah, I was gonna say ten. I could be wrong, but it, it's not, you know, not a long ways. Maybe maybe a little further, but. I know people. You you can hike up there, uh, you know, quite a ways, and there's uh, there's some, 
you know, pretty steep places. There's rapids. I know there's, in fact, Johnny France, the sheriff, uh, he, he's taken some people down there before on rafts. I, I think one of them lost their lives uh, on the, what is it, the, they call the kitchen sink. There, there's something up there, huh. uh, just a pretty bad rapids area. But, yeah, anyway, the water comes tumbling down, but it always seems like it's a little bit off color. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever uh, fished there where it's been, like, crystal clear, like sometimes you no, get on the Yellowstone. No, or... and that actually helps you, I think. I think it does help. So, yeah, the run is a little off color. It's it's only a couple feet deep at that point, and there's a... Remember, there's a big rock right up at the head of it. Yep. And then there's another run Careful, up Careful, don't give that. away the markings. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, we won't do it. But, you know, it, 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 just, it just goes for a ways you know, below that, man, what, maybe a hundred, hundred, I bet it's longer, 125 yeah, yards. Yeah, 125 below yards. Below that rock. And it's a great place to fish with is. two people. Oh, it is. You just fish it like a steelhead run. You go down through it. And, and then you come back, back up, up again, up. yeah. And it's right along that weed bed, so it's a it's a pretty, diff- you know, you, you wouldn't know just to look at it from, from walking the trail. It, it looks like anything else, but when you get down there and, and actually walk in it, wade in it, and start investigating it, we've kind of figured out, Okay, here's this channel, and here's where they stack up. Yeah, yeah, they do, and and that's the key. I mean, we're fishing this in the spring when the rainbows are, are are running. So we're we're fishing for these spring spawners for these rainbows. In fact, uh, one year it was clear enough we could actually see. Okay, there are a couple of reds or spawning beds. So we, uh, you know, it's with if, you, if you're new to fly fishing or. Uh, a red, R-E-D-D, that's not the color, but that's just the name for a spawning bed. And the, the, the gravel is just shinier. And so I was really glad the one time we saw those because then it was, okay, like, we'll, we'll stay off those. Not and, that and we, we ever fi- yeah, we had we never, never waded no. out that far because we knew that was where the fish were. But that, that kind of confirmed that, okay, we'll stay off those uh, spawning beds. But, yeah, in the spring, those rainbows are, are running up the Madison to spawn. And... And uh, that was the fun we had that day. Well, I think just like in the fall on uh, the Gardner River, during the other parts of the year, the resident fish aren't that big. I mean, you're catching on the Gardner 8 to 14 inches. But in the fall, they, they, when the browns come up the river, you're fishing 14. I think I caught one that was 22 inches, and I'm sure they're a lot bigger. But here, same thing. Is those You get these big rainbows yeah. that come up there and, and oh, sit man. in those reds. It's, it's just really amazing. So what were we fishing that day? You know, we were using, for the most part, we were using egg patterns. and, and Like I think, your top fly? Yeah. Were you fishing two the, flies? Right, fishing two flies. So the top fly was an egg pattern. And, and there were a couple things that we really, we really liked. There was one pattern that kind of had a look like it was bruised on the top. But... I had tied up some some flies. Bob Granger, uh, kind of a fly tying mentor, put me onto this, and and we, you know, we'd tie up these uh, egg patterns that, that were more like the yolk sack, and they were easy to tie. You just have loops of this. Uh, it just looked like carpet f- carpet fiber or something, and and it was kind of a, a an orange uh, pink colored, and so we just tie those up. I'd use some red thread and. And so we have that as a top fly, and then the dropper was a little red brassy, a size 18, or I, I, I think I'd tied up several of those, or maybe we used a Dave's Emerger, but point is, a little size 18 fly, and man, we, 
for a while, we were just hauling them in. Remember that? There was a window of time. I think it was like between one and two o'clock. Yeah, and I remember right. yep. this mm-hmm. so distinctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is burned into my mind where it was every cast. Oh, I know it. It was. We had a couple doubles too where we both yeah. had fish on at the same time. And, and and these were big fish. I mean, they were all they were all 16 to 20 inches. And we each caught a couple that were 19 to 20 inches. Yeah, they, just, it was just just incredible and then it would just kind of stop remember that yeah uh, well and also that window you know we talk about that window of 10 to 2 sometimes yep. or 11 to mm-hmm. 2 or they re- it really did turn off yeah. i mean at about three o'clock it was really tough to get anything to hit yeah hit, hit your fly the other thing is i do remember having a couple really big fish on but you know, working them down, mm. you know, you mm-hmm. catch them. If you're far enough up the rung and you're fighting them all the way down the run, and once you get past the what's really the end of the run, you've got just a lot of river in front of you, and if you, if you yeah. have not netted that thing, yeah. forget it. Yeah, because those fish, more than maybe anywhere else I've fished, uh, it seems like There's even no on the There's no good place to, to land them, to no. beach them. But what I was going to say is that those fish seem to run more than some that I've caught on the Yellowstone. I don't know why that is. Uh, even some of those fall spawners that we've caught in the, the Gardner River didn't seem to want no. to run like yeah. those. But, boy, those rainbows just took oh, off. They, they really did. So that was that was challenging. And, uh, man, we had our hands full. That was that I think was if I, I know so much more than I did when this was about a decade ago, I, I definitely would be – my tippet would be a lot – I mean, I think yeah. I was using – 4x tippet yeah. i would be using mm-hmm. 2x tippet yep. right but you don't then, need as, as yeah. fine a, a fine uh, a leader or fine a tippet yeah. oh and, and remember how the temperature well you said this but the temperature dropped that afternoon oh, was just man. oh my goodness did it get up to the 50s i mean i know it started out a little I maybe 30s i think it did i think but it then got it just into collapsed. the 40s yeah and just, oh and then oh. the wind coming around oh i know that was so cold my hands. Oh, they were. Oh, my gosh. What saved us was the hot chocolate yeah. that you brought in. Yeah. That was good. I brought it in for me. <laughs> Did you bring any I, hot chocolate? I know what you're going to say. You're going to blame me for taking all of it, aren't you? Well, I should have brought coffee because then yeah. it would have been all my That's own. That's right. Yeah, because I'm just not the coffee guy. So. Here, Steve, you want a little hot chocolate? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll yeah, have some yeah. of that. Thanks. Man, I'm, I'm warm. What's wrong with you, Dave? <laughs> I tell you what, there is nothing oh, as boy. tasty as hot chocolate that's still just yeah. a little bit warm in your thermos when you're just colder than oh, snot. Boy. It's just... Oh my oh, gosh! But so that day was really amazing day, and it really was. It was amazing for the volume of fish, oh, and it was amazing for the size of fish. Yep. How they fought. Yep. And I, I'm trying to think of maybe 16 mile. A couple other times we've been out. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find another time that we've been out where the size and oh, yeah. and. and it was such a great day. It really was one fine day. It was, yeah. And, and we were nymphing the whole time, and there was no need to try anything no. else. Yeah. I do remember one time, I don't think it was that time, that a BWO hatch broke out. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. like, nah, we're not even going to go fish yeah, that, right? Yeah, that's right. So, Because they were hitting oh. so well on the other, on the, uh, I, on the egg I pattern and the, and the brassy. I know. Well, it was a great walkout, too. I, I just remember thinking about, man, we, we just had a banner day, and I... I remember too as we walked out, just kind of the memory of uh, 
Remember another time we fished it where we, we ran into a guy, he's a friend of mine named Stan, who fished that a lot. And so uh, we, we met him we were walking. on the trail in, but then when we came out, uh, we're walking along this trail, we're not that far from the car, and we're on the trail, and, and it's rattlesnake country, and I just remember looking down and... Here's a rattlesnake. <laughs> right. I mean, literally, Dave, two inches from my boot, right off the trail, coiled. And before I had time to have a heart attack, uh, I noticed the head was cut off. I thought, <laughs> that's my friend Stan. He Ugh. killed the snake yes, and left know, it and to And left taunt it right us. there just to scare the daylights <laughs> out of me. So That day, though, as a, in contrast to the day we're talking about, was a little bit warmer. It was still about only 50 degrees. Right. Mm-hmm. But... But they come, they sun themselves on those rocks right up above the yeah. trail, mm-hmm. and and uh, so you do have to really be careful yep. walking yeah. that trail. Didn't we see a guy dry fly fishing too near the? Oh yeah, there was. Lot? There was an yeah. older gentleman who, in fact, you know, Steve always says if you want to catch fish, fish the first hundred yards from where people put in, right? Because yeah. or where mm-hmm. they take out, because a lot of times they've stopped fishing. And and this guy was fishing, you know, fishing dry flies. I think he was fishing uh, BWOs, or I think he was just shooting, a, uh, using a parachute atoms. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he was catching fish. Oh, I mean, yeah. I watched him mm-hmm. pull at least a couple fish. They were smaller, yep. smaller fish. Right they along were, that bank. Right yeah, around that bank. Good. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so I mean, literally, he was he was fishing from where our car was parked, mm-hmm. no more than twenty five yards. That's right. I remember one day coming out of there, and and the caddis flies were just starting, and. And I switched to a caddis pattern, and I caught several right along that stretch. Like you say, though, there there weren't anything big. They were all, you know, 11 to 13 inches, but really fun, really nice fish. Well, the final coup de gras, right, is the yes. uh, is eating at the oasis oh, with the yes. Robinsons. The, the so, cherry uh, <laughs> on the top, Sir Scott's Oasis. Hey, you know what, Scott? Uh, Scott put it up for sale. It's still going to be in his. It's going to be called that, but so it, really, yeah, it's up for sale. But that's a that's kind of a legendary uh, restaurant in Manhattan, Montana. I mean, it's a uh, uh, rustic kind of a rustic. cowboy yeah, bar it's just like a slash cowboy cafe bar yeah. thing. You know, nothing fancy, but wow, it's a meat and potatoes place. It's, yeah, baby, and fish, right? Scallops. Oh and, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, I mean, it's not scallops. like going to San Francisco or some you know Seattle or someplace like no, that. No, but, but it's. Well, and there, you know, the people that eat there, uh, usually I never see them. Finally, though, the last one time I was there with, well, let's see, it must have been about four years ago, we were out there with our daughter and son-in-law from Southern California, and we were eating there, and my son-in-law goes, hey, look over there, there's Dick Vermeil, you know, the, the NFL coach. <laughs> and sure enough, Dick Vermeil was eating there. I remember times where I'd always hear about it. It's like, oh, did, did you see George Strait or did you see Ted Kennedy? He's like, no, I miss these people. But, yeah, it's just this little hole-in-the-wall place, but, boy, they have great food. And so if you're ever in Manhattan, Montana, go to Sir Scott's Oasis. Hey, back in the 80s when they filmed those real Remember the beef commercials, real food for real people? Yeah. Like James Garner, oh, yeah, Sybil yeah, yeah, Shepard. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they, they, Scott's Oasis, or Scott's Oasis was actually in a commercial. I think it was uh, kind of Manhattan, Montana, Manhattan, New York. And, uh, anyway, that, yeah, that was, that was great. It's a great ending to a good day. So, yeah, and hey, so we thought that we actually burned 
1,500 <laughs> yeah, yeah, calories right. walking in and out. We probably only burned like 300. Yeah. But boy, did we make up for well, it with yeah, the food. Yeah, we got about 6,000 calories oh, each. I know. <laughs> so, hey, what would you say as a takeaway, despite, I mean, one takeaway is you got to end the meal, got to end the day with a great meal. But what's another takeaway? There are our... some there are some opportune times to fish. And if you're a new fly fisher, you don't really get this, right? You just, you've got your fly rod, you've got your attractor pattern, and you're going to go to the river right and then you're confused when you don't catch fish but i think one is one of the great times at least in the west in montana again it's not everywhere it's not in the drift list because uh, the rainbows don't run in the spring they're uh, in fact i don't think i've ever caught a, a rainbow in the driftless i know they do catch them but they're they're not wild right uh, they mm-hmm. don't reproduce yeah. well at least in most streams right. but during the spring somewhere around but well between late march and probably late april it's when the rainbows run mm-hmm. and they run up the rivers and you know end of March through April until the runoff till the rivers blow yeah. out and it is some really, really great is. fishing. Now if you get out there you might go out for 4 days and you can only fish one out of the four or two out of the four. Some days you're getting too much sun, some days you're getting a foot of snow. It's a crazy time of year to fish out there, but man, you can catch some really really big yeah, rainbows. You really can. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Here's an interesting comment from Damon about fly rods. He writes, I understand that not everyone can justify the top-end gear out there, but I hate when people denigrate the top gear and insist that you can get just as good for a lot less. I have rods that cost from $200 to $800. If I had to keep just one, it would be the most expensive of the lot because it's really the best rod for me. And for the record, I've landed a 35-pound king in Montana Creek in Alaska on a five-weight sage RPL plus. Man, that's impressive. That is totally impressive. 35-pound king salmon. He says, I'd hate to pick out just one of my rods as my only rod, but I think I could get by with just one if necessary. You know, he's right about that. Yeah, he is. I I do agree with that 100%. I think certainly when you're first starting, you know, unless you're ultra high net worth person, you don't really need to have the best. But as you gain some, you know, some chops in your fly fishing, you start to realize, yeah, some of these higher end rods, they're they're higher end for a reason. They really are. I mean, why why spend, say, three hundred dollars on a rod and three hundred dollars on a vest, and then two hundred dollars on, you know, something else that you could get for fifty bucks? Put the money into a rod. Yeah, it's, it is definitely the place yeah. where that and waders and wading yep. boots. I think that's where I always spend my money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today. Hey, please tell us about a fine day you've had fly fishing on a river or stream or lake. We really would like to hear about it. You can share about it by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. What do you remember about a fine day on the water? You can find us on all the social platforms, especially Instagram. We'd love for you to follow us there as well as Facebook and Twitter, and and be sure to email us uh, for ideas for a podcast. In fact, while we were uh, podcasting today, we just uh, received a, a request for a, a, a topic that we're going to follow up on in a, in a few in a few weeks. So uh, we love your we love your ideas. So email us at Steve Dave at two guys in a river dot com, and and we'll uh, we'll definitely take your suggestions into yep, account. Sure and, and I would really love coming up with great ideas for podcasts when they come from the listeners. 
we just tend to have much more success. Yeah, we we do. really, really appreciate that. Okay. We also want to thank all of you who have purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The book is really a cliff notes of all the fly fishing hacks and tips that we've accumulated and stolen and, and developed through the years. And for those of you who have not yet purchased it, uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's called The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Life is short. Catch more fish. One last thing, our podcast subscribers continue to grow, and it's mostly through word of mouth. So refer to your fly, fish, refer to your fly fishing club or to your TU chapter or to your buddy. And we're very grateful for it. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.